Welcome back again, friends, to your daily Bible podcast as we continue working our way through the story. Today we are going to be in Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read from verse 1 down through verse 12. Now the people of Israel have just crossed into the promised land. God actually stopped the Jordan River at peak season, the height of the river flow. He stopped the Jordan River, and once again, just like they did at the Red Sea, the nation walks across on dry ground. God actually gives them an order, pick up stones from the dry riverbed, and they stack those stones on the other side as a marker to remember God's faithfulness. And now they are in the land. Now they are officially in the land of promise. And this is where chapter 5 begins. Now when all the Amorite kings west of the Jordan and all the Canaanite kings along the coast heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over it, their hearts melted in fear, and they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. So I want to stop here and and say something important. When the nation of Israel crosses over the Jordan— you can expect that they would immediately encounter a waiting army, um, that they would encounter these armies of the land of Canaan, these kings. But because of what God did with the river, these armies are not going to meet them immediately. The first army they're going to face is actually inside a walled city called Jericho. But we're not there quite yet. So let's continue reading in verse 2. And at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gilbeth Haraloth. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on the way after leaving Egypt. All of the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died, since they had not obeyed the Lord. For the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, And these were the ones Joshua circumcised. They were all still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there at camp until they were healed. Now, we're going to stop again because I just want to tell you this makes absolutely zero military sense. You've now crossed over into the promised land. And now you are hampering, crippling, slowing your army on foreign soil. If you're going to circumcise them, do it on the other side of the river where you're safe. Instead, God commands Joshua to have these men circumcised in foreign territory. It makes zero sense, but it's an act of obedience. They are being reminded once again that they're not going to conquer this land based on what makes sense, based on their best military strategy, based on their best planning and thinking, because this goes against all logic. Do not hamper, circumcise, slow down your army right before they face battle. But that's exactly what they did. And we read in verse 9, Then the Lord said to Joshua, 
Today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camped at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after. They ate this food from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. Okay, once again, friends, it makes zero sense to have the Passover feast in foreign territory. But again, this is not about what makes sense to you and I. This is about obedience to God. And as they remember God and their time being brought out of Egypt, remember that's what Passover is all about, remembering God's faithfulness, how he delivered them from Egypt once again. As they go through this process of remembrance, all foreshadowing what Jesus is going to one day accomplish for us, but as they go through this um, feast, this celebration, all of a sudden you see this wonderful thing happen. Their 40 years of wandering in the desert have been marked by this manna coming each day and them eating the same thing each and every day over and over. In fact, they complain about it relentlessly. And all of a sudden, as they enter into the land of promise and as they circumcise themselves, celebrate Passover, all of a sudden it says the very next day, they began to eat the food of the land. They began to break out of their time wandering in the desert. It's a new day for the nation of Israel, a new day of entering into the promises of God, a new day of taking hold of what God has for them. But as we've seen so far in the story, all of that is going to be dependent on whether or not they are willing by faith to follow God. Let's pray. Lord, I'm thankful today that just as you were with your people in the story, you're with us right now, that you're helping us, that you're leading us, that you're guiding us, that you are still powerful, that you are still able to defeat any and all enemies in our life, and that you go before us. Thank you, God, that you're with us right now as we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.